This sermon is titled Faith and Finances Part 2. Be enriched as you listen. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be here once again to share God's word with all of you. So are we all doing well? Yes. Thank you, Uncle Ra. Wonderful, wonderful. That's good. Okay. So if you had joined us last week, we started on a two-part series on faith and finances. How many of you were blessed with last week's word? Okay. The rest of you, we're going to expect to be blessed today? Yeah? Right. Like uh, Jerry was saying, we need to be expectant as we come into God's house. So we're going to continue that two-part series. We looked at faith and finances. God is our provider last week, and we are taking this over. So before we start, uh, we just want to, in, want, want to share that the purpose of this sermon is to encourage and to minister to those who may be facing challenges in their finances. And we are not taking these uh, series to answer any arguments about questions with regard to material possessions or finances. We'll look at that maybe another point of time. So this is just to encourage each one of us as we look at this aspect of faith and finances. Okay, so are we good to go? Right. So what did we emphasize last week? We looked at God being our provider and him being the source of every supply of ours. So he is our provider and he is the one who supplies everything for us. God is the one who's designed what? Work. He's the one who designed work, and that's one of the ways through which provision comes to us. There are other ways, which could be the generosity of others, or even um, he also works through, through miracles, miracles of provision to bring that supply into our lives. And we saw a couple of examples last week. We also saw that God is the one who designs our work as an expression of stewardship, of creativity and multiplication, and that God blesses every work that we do. So I trust that last week after we heard that, every time you stepped into an office or you opened up your laptop, you declared that God blesses your work, right? If you didn't do your homework, we're going to reiterate it today. And we're going to get back and get back on track and speak what some wonderful truths that we are going to be looking at today. Okay? So since what we looked at, we said work is one of the normal channels through which God provides for us, and all of us desire to see an increase in his provision for our lives, today we are going to understand two things from Scripture. So the first is to know what God instructs of how we work. So I'm sure you have SOPs in place. 
Yes? Yes, so some of us may have SOPs in place and they tell you how you work. So do you know that scripture tells you how you should work? And that's what we're going to look at. So what are our responsibilities as people who work? And how could we position ourselves so that we can receive blessing from the Lord? So how do we work and how we can position ourselves to receive that blessing from the Lord? So that's the first thing we're going to look at. The second thing that we, we will focus on is what are the rewards we can expect in the workplace? Isn't that cool? You have rewards in the workplace apart from what you're getting from your company or from your school or wherever you're working at, there are rewards that God promises. And that's what we're going to claim for ourselves. So who's excited? Oh, wonderful. Okay. All right. So before we dive into, into the responsibilities of a worker and the rewards we're going to get, I want to open an amazing truth to you. Okay, and this is what we find in under the old covenant, God established a covenant of increase. Can we say a covenant of increase together? Yes, so in the Old Testament, and we're going to look up a verse to show us that, that he established a covenant of increase. So if you have your Bibles with me, you could open or the verse would come up. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, and it reads, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. So if you read through that, under the old covenant, what does God promise? He promises his people the power or if you, you know, if you look at it in different words, the strength or the ability, the capacity, the vigor to, to get wealth. He's the one who gives the power. And, and remember, it is a covenant that he has established with, with his people. And so... He's keeping his promise good. And so if it was something that was applicable to the old covenant, you and I being in the new covenant, can we expect it? Absolutely. You and I can expect that covenant of increase because the ability to make wealth is part of that covenant blessing. The ability to make wealth the strength to do it or whatever it takes for you to, to make wealth, that's something that's in that covenant blessing. So I don't know how you think about your work today. When you wake up in the morning, I know all of you, there are some especially Monday mornings, right? We have certain narratives about work, right? Yes? Yeah. But you know what God says? God's given you your body, your brain, your talent to do whatever he's called you to do. He's the one who's given you that. And he's, he, he's God. And, and he's promised to give you every capacity, every ability to have increase. 
So the ability to work is part of God's covenant blessing to you. And the increase you receive as a result also is part of his blessing. So isn't that amazing? So when you wake up tomorrow morning, you say, I'm under the covenant of increase. Come on, we, we got to say it at least loud enough. Covenant of increase. Okay, so when God made his covenant with, with his people, Okay, it, it is in like like we like I earlier mentioned in the New Test in as a new covenant in, in the new covenant we also do receive that. So how many of us believe that our God is a rich God? Amen. And how many of us are heirs of Christ in faith? Yes. So which means each of us have what we we are covered in that covenant of increase. Amen? So if our God is a rich God and we belong to his family, we are under that cover. So you and I under that covenant of increase. So can we say this out together really bold and loud and as we believe it? The ability to get wealth is a covenant provision. My work is covered by covenant. Once again, my work is covered by covenant. So is that joy enough for us to get to office tomorrow? Amen. Okay. Now, now we're going to move into the, the, the inside of the cupcake. All right? So, I don't know. I think I'm, my family's crazy about cupcakes. And, all right. So... Um, so if we are to receive these covenant blessings, we need to do something. We need to be walking in obedience to the commands of the Lord, right? So if we need to have these co covenant blessings, we need to be walking in obedience to this covenant. So the first thing we're going to look at is how does God want us to work so that we position ourselves in a place where we have his blessings. So I have a couple of points here, and let's look at them one by one. So the first one is to work as a minister of Christ. To work as a minister of Christ. So let's read scripture together, and we'll unpack that a bit. Ephesians 6, verses 5 and 6. Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling in sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as born servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. Okay? So there's a name that Paul has called the employees at that time, and we can apply this to ourselves. So what's the name written there? Bond servants. So in our modern parlance, we can say it as employees. Yeah? Okay. So it says, you are the employees of Christ. So if you went into your office and you were trying to figure out who you were reporting to, who do you think you're reporting to? Mr. Saxena? Okay, I hope there isn't a Mr. Saxena here. But 
you are reporting to God. Who's your boss? Who's the big boss? Your big boss is the Lord. He is Christ. It says so. If you look at that verse, it says, bond servants, we are saying, you and I are employees of Christ. That, what a company to be in, right? Where Christ is the employee. So this scripture is dealing with the workplace. And we are first of all called to be the employees of Christ and then only employees to Mr. XYZ, Mrs. XYZ. Or if you're your own boss, remember, give way. There is another boss there, right? So we are ministers of Christ. We are employees of Christ. And what does the Bible teach us? The Bible teaches us that as employees of Christ, how do we work? And if, and if you look at verse 5 and verse 6, it says, the first one, it says, with fear and trembling. So you're going to work going to office knowing that you are an employee of Christ with respect, okay? Then it says, with sincerity, in sincerity of heart. So you're going to be doing things sincerely, not half-baked jobs or not, you know, doing something else at the point of time that you're at work because you're, you are working to Christ. And the last it says is... Um, not with eye service as men pleasers. So what is that? It is wholeheartedly. So it gives you an entire job description there. You are the employee of Christ. You are to work respectfully. You are to work sincerely. And you are to work wholeheartedly. So you work as a minister of Christ. Now, as a side note... We want to mention that sometimes the workplace can be a very hostile environment. I have, I have faces nodding, right? And you, can, you may see that people try to outdo one another. You know, they, they, they step on you. They do all that they can to ensure that you aren't getting your bit, right? So there are places that, that are hostile. So people may be corrupt, may be unjust, okay? And, and they just can be sometimes very mean. But what does that mean? Do you allow them <clears throat> to tread all over you because you are an employee of Christ? Let's look at what scripture says. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 10, verse 16. It says, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. So what is the characteristic of a wolf? It intentionally comes to harm you. Yeah? Right? And it intentionally comes to harm the sheep. Are we all awake? Yes. Okay. This is not biology class. Okay. So a wolf wants intentional harm. But we do not have to become somebody's tiffin box. You, you're not, amen? Yeah, okay. So you don't have to be, you, you do not have to be 
trodden over because you are an employee of Christ. Instead, what, what does Jesus asks us to do is to walk with prudence, walk with wisdom, walk with discernment like the serpent, but also harmless as a dove. So this is what Jesus taught. He's saying, be Christ-like where you use wisdom, but yet are harmless. So it is not wrong to recognize that someone is taking advantage of you. And if you need to step down, if you need to challenge, if you need to withdraw from that deal of partnership, that is called discernment. And remember that discernment is part of your and my armor, right? So let's, let's choose to be discerning even as we face certain situations like this. Okay, so are we good? We work as a minister. Wake up. We work as a minister of Christ. Okay, so let's look at number two. Number two is we work with excellence. We work with excellence. Let's read a verse. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 29. Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. Now, to, what does it mean to do your work in excellence? To do your work in excellence means to do something well. To do it in a timely manner. It is to do it much better than what you did earlier or or what was probably expected of you. And it is to do it joyfully. All right? So, you know, I remember the time when I was back in 10th Standard. We had to draw diagrams for, for our record books. Yes, I'm sure some of us have done that. So the initial times when we... Uh, you know, in, in school, what they used to do is they used to give us marks for that, just for the diagram. And most of the time, you would do it at the break time before the teacher comes in, right? And uh, so we had a teacher who would, uh, who would accumulate that marks for, for, for a test just to draw diagrams. And that's where I actually learned excellence. I said, okay, I must give it a little bit more thought and detail, right? So to doing things in excellence. And why do we do that? Because just like our work says, if we do our work well with excellence, you have the opportunity to stand before kings, which means somebody is going to recognize you and going to give you, your, give you a due, give you a break, you know, break in that, that career that you were looking for or things like that. Someone's going to see the excellence at the work, the details that you do, and is going to give you that break. So my daughter draws. So the initial time that she's drawn, so she's kind of kept a record of things that she's drawn, right? And then when she's come, she showed me those pages and she said, Ma, this is great. You know, I've become so much better. Why? Because she takes that time to figure out every detail, come into that place of excellence. And I'm sure a lot of us understand what, what we're saying. Now, how does excellence come? It doesn't come by chance. It has to be intentional. It's something that requires your deliberate effort. 
It requires time, it requires space, it requires thinking, so it requires that extra effort. It requires consistency. So you want to get better at doing something, you may need to consistently do it before you excel in something, right? So if you're a teacher, maybe just learning how to speak, learning how to teach, as you keep doing it consistently, changing, getting feedback, you become much better. Excellence also requires learning new skills. You can't expect to excel with something that you've learned 10 years ago. You need to upgrade yourself, okay? So you work with excellence, all right? So the first one was you work as a minister to Christ, and the second was work with excellence. Okay, are we good to see the third one? All right. The third one is to work as a good steward. So what do you mean by, or who is a good steward? A good steward is one who takes their resources, their abilities, and makes good use of it. All right? So maybe you're, you're in a place where you're, you're excellent at your technical skills. So you make good use of it by maybe teaching young kids who need some help. You are actually being a good steward of it, right? So that's one definition of how you're a good steward. You use, you're a good steward when you use your resources and abilities to extend the purposes of God. So maybe certain examples, like when you, when you do something to build kingdom work, Maybe you're, you're, a, you're an educator and just improving the educational status of your neighborhood or helping someone in their livelihood. I have a friend who, who does a lot of crochet and she's begun to teach other kids to crochet, right? So it's just a skill or a resource that she's got that she wants to multiply, she wants to use to build maybe somebody's livelihood or somebody's interest, okay? You're also a good steward when your resource, when, you, when the resource that you share, you, you, you really check on where your resources are going to. For example, when you are funding a place, where is this going? Is it going to a place that is being built up or is it going to a place where there is harm? <clears throat> so this is how you become a good steward. Okay, so in line with that, we have a certain principle that we want to bring up. And for that, we look at a parable, which is there in Luke 16, 1 to 11. I will not be reading the parable, but you could... <coughs> Yeah, so I will not be reading <coughs> the parable, but we, we will we'll just kind of try and unpack it and uh, see what it says. So in this parable, Jesus is using the illustration of a bad steward, a man who mishandled or mismanaged the resources that were given to him by his master, 
But later, he was shrewd enough to manipulate it for his own advantage. Okay? So if you read through the parable, it says that a rich man calls his steward and informs him that he's going to be fired because he's mismanaged the resources and calls him to give an account. So what the steward does is he tries to safeguard himself because he knows that he's going to be out of a job very soon. Okay, so he tries to safeguard himself and he goes to the debtors of his master and he cuts some shrewd deals and he tells them, hey, you know, if you will give me shelter when I'm out of my job, I will cut down your, the debt that you have to pay my master. Okay? Now this, when, when the master actually got to know this, you know, it's quite surprising that the master commends him. Okay? The master commends him of that shrewdness. And it almost appears that, you know, Jesus is holding him up as an example. But in the application of the story, this is what Jesus said. So let's read Luke 16, 8. It says, So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. So what is Jesus doing here? He's giving a contrast of what? The sons of the It's there, right? So, he's giving a contrast from the sons of the world, which mean the unbelievers, and the sons of light, which means the believers. And this is what he's saying. He's saying, sadly, the unbelievers tend to be more wiser in the things of the world than a believer is. So, that's what Jesus is bringing up to this. So, this unjust steward uh, he's cheated his master, but in doing so, he's made friends with his master's debtors so that he can keep himself safe. So these people were later probably obligated to give him a space to stay. So what are we to make out of this? So what Jesus pointed out was that this unjust steward was shrewd and in like manner, the people of this world also are more shrewd and cunning and clever in their own way than the sons of light. So what does the world do? The world uses influence for its own gain. But what does God call us to do? He calls us to steward our resources to influence others for the kingdom of God. So I'm going to repeat that again. What does the world do? The world uses influence to get its own gain. It, it, it's cunning and it's manipulative to get something for themselves. Now, are we to use this principle? Uh, this? No, we are asked to steward well our resources to build influence in the life of others to extend God's kingdom. So how, so when we look at this parable, how do we counter the shrewdness? We counter the shrewdness with good stewardship. When you look at shrewdness, it's being cunning, it's being clever, it's being manipulative, but nothing can outdo the blessing of being a steward. Amen? So we, that's what we are called to do. And if you look towards the end of that parable, 
Jesus brings about certain powerful lessons of stewardship. And I'm going to read verses 9 to 12. So follow in with me and we will look at those principles. Verses 9, and I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fall, they may receive you into an everlasting home. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much, and he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, you will commit to your... to your trust, the true riches. And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? So it's saying we are called to be God's stewards and to use the resources that we have for the, for the Lord's goals, for the Lord's kingdom. And we have been entrusted with these possessions so that we use them for the benefit of others. So what do we learn from this? In verse 9, I'm sorry. Yeah. In verse, verse 9, you read that a good steward is the one who uses money to build good relationships. That is, you steward it well and you build good relationships that way. Verse 10, it says, a good steward is faithful in the littlest of things. Even however small it is, however small a team that you are leading or however small your project may be, that is what you need to be faithful in. Then verse 11, it says, a good steward is faithful in money matters and they can be entrusted for bigger things. So when you are faithful in what is material, you will be entrusted with much greater things. So when it comes to finances, and material things, it is important to learn how we manage it. And just yesterday, for those of you who probably attended the uh, basics of good financial management, it is important to get yourself knowledgeable in that area. So at APC, we do host um, basic financial planning workshops, and it is great to go and it is biblical as we see here to go and understand how you can manage your money and be a good steward of what God's given to you. Amen? Amen. And verse 12, it says a good steward is faithful in what belongs to someone else and, is, and, he, and he would be entrusted for more. So when we look at all of these principles, it's given you a clear-cut understanding instruction of how you and I need to work. So can we repeat that? What do we do? How do we work? We work as a minister in Christ. Second, we work with excellence. And third, as a good steward. Okay? Amen? All right. Now, if you've done that bit, remember, here's where the cream of your cupcake is going to come which is the rewards that you're going to have. So one of the, the biggest attributes of God is that he is a rewarder. Do you know God loves to reward you? When you stay faithful, when you keep to his commands, when you do what he wants you to do, he 
is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Okay? So he loves to reward those who live in obedience to his commandments. So when we look at the Bible, we do see that God is a rewarder. And that's what we're going to look at. We're going to be looking at maybe three things to see what is this reward. So the first, what we look at is the reward of increase. So let's look at scripture again, and I want to read that to you. In Deuteronomy 28, 4, verse 4, 11, and 12. Okay? Now this is where you will see a lot of herds and cattle and flocks. Do not be discouraged. They're not going to be standing outside your door. Okay? It is going to be applicable to the way that it means to you. Okay, so let's read it. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Verse 11, And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your ground, in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Amen? What is it? This is a reward of increase. So like we said, under the old covenant, we see that when people followed the commands and the instructions of the Lord, this is the increase that they had. Right? So in their time, they had all of this that marked their increase. But for you and me today, it really works, very, works a little differently. It's probably in the increase of your sales. It's probably in the opportunities that you get. It's probably in the collaborations that you make. Or it's in the creativity that you do. But the promise is when you stick to him, he rewards. Amen? When you stick to God, he rewards. So the principle of increase that comes through the blessing is still available for you and me. So, you, so if you want to position yourself for that increase, we do what we said earlier, the responsibilities that we have in living in accordance with his law, his, his word. Okay? So that's the reward of increase. What's the second one? It is the reward of promotion. How many of y'all are waiting for a promotion? One, two, oh, many. Yeah, bold, bold. Okay, it's coming. Let's read Psalm 75, 6 to 7. What does it say? For exaltation comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. So promotion comes as a reward from the Lord. So if you have placed yourself in doing what God wants you to do in your work, it's coming right behind. It's at your heel. Okay? So what, what, do, what does promotion mean? Now promotion is getting into levels of greater honor, it's levels of influence or responsibility. And some of us would want to be in that place. And it's, it is good to want to be there. It shows diligence. It shows excellence. So God is the one who makes a room 
for that promotion. He's the one, he lifts you up. So when, uh, when we look into the Bible, there are beautiful examples of people who've had that reward of promotion. And one of the examples that we see is that of Joseph. You see him from the prison to the throne, right? To a prince, to, to being the second in command. And if you look at Joseph's life, we see how he continued to, to stand before the Lord in, in being absolutely pure, right? In all that he did, he stood pure. He, he uh, stood up for what God wanted him to do. There was never a time that he laxed on it. And you see that that promotion came. And how did it come? It came, I mean, it came really, really, not quickly as in the sense of time, but it came suddenly. Another example we see is David. You see David as being what? He was a shepherd boy. And he moved into being the king of a nation. Now, isn't that, shouldn't we taking these examples and, ha being, and have goosebumps? Yes, and that's what God can do. And that's what God wants, you, wants to do for us to be able to promote us. And it is his desire to have. So the reward is of promotion. The third one and the last one is the reward of divine favor. The reward of divine favor. Let's read a verse. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 3 to 4, it says, Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and men. So what does God do? The next thing he rewards us when we are in accordance to him is he blesses us with divine favor. May I please ask the worship team to come in. And so this, the favor that God is talking about, what, what is this favor? The favor that God gives us is he gives you access to people. You know, when, if you're working in a job that requires you to network with offices that are hard to crack, it says here, you will have favor with people. You will have favor. God gives you favor with new opportunities. Things can open up. Maybe resources will open up. And that's what God brings into our, into our lives as an act of his favor for us. So when we position ourselves for divine favor in our workplaces, you know, we are also choosing to follow his instructions and walk in that mercy and truth. Amen? So what did we look at today? We've talked about the covenant of increase, right? We've spoken about how God has established a covenant with each one of us being in the new covenant that, that he gives us the ability to make wealth and thereby it results in great rewards and blessings. We looked at of, of how, what are the responsibilities we need to follow through as we work. We are to be a minister in Christ. We work as a minister in Christ. We work in excellence and we work as a good steward. So when we position ourselves there, there are rewards that are open to us. So are we excited to be ministered to? 
Yes, amen. So can we all stand together and, uh, and, and let's, let's just stand on this word. Whatever has, has hit you or whatever has pulled a cord in you, let's take the time as we worship to also declare that. May I also invite Bini and any other pastors? Pastor Selena, Pastor Roshan. Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the street, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus. Want to stick like that? So shout Jesus from the mountains. Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus. Shout his name, shout his name, to shout Jesus from the mountain, Jesus in the streets. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus. Your name is power, your name is healing, your name is life. to declare that that verse over us 
especially if uh, if you're here if you feel a student um, waiting to enter the workforce and wondering uh, how you're going to make it just receive that verse for yourself remember the lord your god for it is he who gives you the ability to create wealth even if uh, there's anyone in between jobs uh, anyone even uh, those looking for promotion really anyone who wants to receive this word just say that right now i receive it lord i receive this word this is how we respond you know if if god has said anything if anything is quickened to you through this message just say that to him lord i receive this father we just want to declare your word over your people oh lord that you sharpen you increase you cause them the ability to 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 get wealth to uh, grow in their influence oh god we declare this word over them pray that you cause this to happen that they would see this oh god lord we know your heart for your children for your people that we would be above and not beneath thank you oh god thank you for for this word we stand on this word oh lord and we say we receive this oh god we receive oh god everything that you want to give to us oh lord we receive that lord thank you jesus thank you lord thank you even in the days to come oh lord lord let let the testimonies pour out of how our, our increased ability our our, our sharpened focus uh, new skills even being imparted to us oh lord Lord, we want to see that. We want to experience that, O oh Lord. And we welcome your work in the midst of your people. Thank you, O oh God. We praise you for this, O oh God. We thank you. We thank you for your heart that you are such a giving God that you gave even before we could ever think about this, O oh God. You made provision. Oh, we bless you, Lord. before we close i just want to give an invitation to uh, anyone uh, who's uh, who's wondering what this is all about uh, you know if you've never uh, established a relationship with jesus we want to invite you uh, you know we want to tell you that god is a god who loves you he's a god who who cares deeply uh, about you the bible says god so loved the world that he gave he gave and and you know he he didn't just uh, give cash he didn't give gold he bought you with himself the thing that could matter the most to him himself he gave himself this is the god who loves you and if you are here and you don't want to leave this place until you get right with god i encourage you do that right now tomorrow may be too late if you want to uh, if you if you feel like you want, don't want to leave this place without getting right with god just do that right now let's pray uh, if you've never prayed this prayer uh, I, i can i can lead you with a prayer uh, just invite the lord into your heart 
and welcome his work into your heart just say this with me lord jesus i come to you as i am with all my shortcomings with all my failures i come to you forgive me for my sins make me a child of god and lead me in the everlasting way in jesus name amen amen if there's anyone who prayed that prayer for the very first time if it's the first time that you ever prayed that prayer um if you don't mind could you raise your hand we'd like to support you uh, with some resources i see a hand i see two hands there just anyone else anyone else if you if you're too shy uh, uh don't be shy uh, even if there's anyone watching us online uh, just enter that uh, in the chat and uh, uh, somebody will get in touch with you there are there are resources that we'd like to give you uh, in fact there's a there's a uh, a bag a, a decision bag uh, that's uh, will be given to you in that there's a card if you could kindly fill that card and hand that back uh, we'd like to keep in touch with you and support you with some resources um, and this is a journey that you begin and and walk in uh, and the lord will speak to you the lord deals with you he speaks to each one of us personally uh, and he will lead us in the everlasting way amen amen so let's just close father we thank you for this time we thank you for your goodness we thank you oh lord that you are a god who gives and father uh, we pray father lord as your word encourages us to be good stewards teach us oh lord to steward everything that you have given to us oh lord even our money oh god help us to steward uh, open up our, our our hearts our eyes to to things that we have been blind about help us to be uh to care, to be careful in the things that you have entrusted to us oh lord we thank you and praise you oh god in jesus name amen amen let's close the the grace of the lord jesus the love of god the father and the sweet fellowship of his holy spirit rest and abide with us now and forevermore in jesus name all god's people say Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. For more free resources, including sermons, sermon notes, and books, please visit apcwo.org. For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, visit apcbiblecollege.org. Do remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore app from the Apple or Google Play Store.